You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Episode 105, everybody. 105. Woo. We are steaming along here, cruising along. I was, yeah, anyways. Absolutely schmoovin'. Schmoovin'. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Uh, my name's Andrew. With me, as always, is Corland. Hi. And Cameron. Good morning, everyone. And uh, hopefully you're having a good week. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, we do this every week. And uh, we kind of take turns picking topics or we might have questions sent in. And so uh, Cameron is actually going to lead the charge on uh, the topic this morning. So what do you got for us? Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, um, this past week, there's been a few folks I've spoken with and uh, through a couple networks who were... um, of course, following this uh, Asbury revival from the states that we've seen uh, online. And uh, it had been some time since I, I saw a revival um, in the media. Yeah. And it got the questions rolling after that, you know, like, because it had been, and we can get into like our own personal like remembrances of revival, but the questions started coming like, well, what is it? what is revival and mm-hmm. is what's happening in, in the U S right now, uh, in the, at this university revival and what, how would we define that? And then again, uh, the questions came like, what, why, like, what's the purpose uh, of revival? Um, I had one friend say like, Oh, it must've been pretty spiritual, dark, pretty spiritually dark at that university. Mm. Uh, why the Holy spirit needed to, to revive them. And I found that an interesting thought to, to process a little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, I posed a question this week, if we can unpack, cause there are folks in our church who are encouraged by the, the, the revival that has um, been reported. Mm-hmm. And there are those, there are those in our church who are asking the same questions. Like, why do I need to go? Should be, should we, plan a, a trip to attend this revival and then of the two that i heard that narrative from it i sensed a feeling of um missing out like a yeah. feeling of like shoot like yep. i hope that happens geographically closer to us and there was almost a longing or a, like a oh darn sense yeah uh, why couldn't it have happened in that sentiment or yeah, like up here how can how come we couldn't get advance notice for like, you know, airfare, you know, <laughs> you know, like how come we couldn't get there? Uh, we missed out. So I, I think that poses a, enough material for us to chat about for 18 yeah. weeks. But uh, over the next every. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's talking about Asbury. So we might as well throw our <laughs> thoughts yeah. out there, too. But it is it's amazing. I think the reason it's talked about so much is because of the presence of social media as well. Like if yep. you think about you know, the most famous revival in American history is the Great Awakenings of Jonathan Edwards. Well, yeah, that was in the, you know, 1600s. No one had a smartphone. So maybe the newspaper wrote about it afterwards or whatever, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, I think just the day and age that we live in, it's like uh, everyone can live stream everything that they're doing. And so that's why it, I think it kind of blew up. Maybe that's one of the reasons that it kind of, everybody is talking about it and and maybe there's those listening who've not heard about it so do you want to yeah so uh, down in kentucky at this college um i I can't remember if the college is named as 
Asbury or if the town is called Asbury and the college is something different, whatever. It's a seminary. It, it's, yeah, Asbury Theological Seminary. Yeah, Asbury Theological Seminary. So uh, this would be probably two weeks ago. They had like a chapel service and a guy uh, preached and then he kind of prayed to close and they started singing and then there was a handful of students that just kind of stayed there and kept wanting to worship and, and kept wanting to... I'm going to use language that they used. They kept wanting to like, you know, soak in the presence and just kind of, they didn't want to leave basically, which whatever. And then it just kind of kept going and kept going and kept going. And, and then more people came and then, you know, okay, they've worshiped for 47 hours straight. Whoa, that's crazy. And like, uh, you know, you hear different, uh, experiences from different people who went and they said, you know, it was just, you walk in you can just feel the presence of the Holy spirit. And there's just, peace and love and they sang uh it was a lot of singing from the things that i've watched just kind of non-stop worship and it just went for two weeks basically straight mm -hmm. uh and then it kind of spread and then you know they had people they had two buildings for overflow for you know the chapel can only seat i'm just making up a number we can only seat 800 people and we've got i think they said the most was twelve thousand people on one of the days wow so they had two overflow buildings and then you could see that they put up a big screen and then people sat on the lawn. It's like Woodstock. People sat <coughs> on the lawns and watched the screen because I think just like you said, people were like, something's happening in Kentucky. Right. Let's go. Uh, and then there's reports. And again, we're going to talk about all this, but there's reports that now it's kind of spread to Lee University, which I think think is in Tennessee don't quote me but anyways a few others were like we're seeing the same thing at our university right um so yeah if you weren't aware that's kind of how it started just a group of students saying we just want to keep worshiping God and um you know we joked I don't want to go to class <laughs> <laughs> you know we're obviously joking uh but then it kind of spread and then now I think um just recently the administrators of the seminary and again, we'll talk about this said, like, we're going to bring an end. We're going to close the revival down, which like, can you stop the Holy Spirit? But saying like Monday, right, Corlin, you looked it up. Monday, they said Monday. we're officially and we're going <clears> to <throat> we're going to move it to off campus areas if you want to keep doing it. But essentially, I think they're like students got to go to class at some point. Right. And so they said, we're going to kind of officially this is our last. I think Monday night was our last official chapel service. And then if churches or buildings elsewhere in near the town want to keep doing it, go for it. Yeah, the the um, <clears throat> news reports coming out of uh, Kentucky uh, said on the 19th, Asper University to end the revival service. List new guidelines and schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's helpful. Yeah. So maybe we should start <laughs> and... Um, and we'll use it's just it is what it is. We're using Asbury as a like a test example because it's the most recent thing that we've all kind of seen, right? So mm -hmm. I want you to hear if you're listening. We're not like so the the passage that came to mind is first John four when uh John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. But like we're told to don't just don't just blindly believe things. Yeah. You got to test them. And it's fascinating. And we'll get into this in a minute. Like the, you there's there's 
dozens of different perspectives on what is happening. Mm-hmm. But the one that I've seen over and over and over again is like if you if you dare ask any kind of questions, you're just like trying to stifle what the spirit is doing and you don't right. have faith that, that it's accurate. And so I want you to hear when you're listening, like we're going to like just try and have like a a critical eye, not critical in like mm-hmm. a bad way. Cause we want to test it. I, I yeah. don't want to just blindly go, sure. I guess yeah. that's the spirit. Cause they said, so we want to go, yeah. okay, what are we? <clears throat> and we're judging it from a distance. None of us went, but we have people that I trust that I follow on social media that went for themselves and said, here's what I saw. And so we want to actually like test things, not just say mm-hmm. not out right out of the gate saying that ah, it's blasphemy or say it's God. We want to go, yeah. okay, well, how do you, how do you weigh and measure what we're hearing? Does that make sense? It but does. I, it does because I think that <clears throat> the also the 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 important point to remember is that we will all we will never say that the gathering of the church to worship God is a negative or a no. bad idea. Um, I think where I struggle is this idea of spiritual revival, awakening, a special movement, a special or specific outpouring of the spirit. I struggle with that because I believe it conflicts with too many attributes of God. I think it it conflicts with a little bit of how we've seen Christian revival movements throughout history and some of their purpose. Hmm. Um, So I struggle personally with the idea of the selling point of we are seeing spiritual revival right now rather than it. Isn't it, amazing how organically a group of believers never stopped worshiping and mm-hmm. isn't that a beautiful portrait of what glory might be like one day mm-hmm. if that were the key points in the news article i'd be like that's pretty amazing and i'd put up my hand saying if you're able to go to that that's cool. event yeah you should worshiping god with with other saints is, is never a yeah. bad thing go and participate yeah so maybe to start we should define or just even give our view like what is what what is revival what does that even mean like and then uh, i'm curious has any either one of you and then myself included been involved in anything close to that like have you ever been to an event or a church service or a youth night or a blah 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 where it was kind of like whoa like that rocked my socks like i don't what just happened so maybe we'll start there. Has anyone had that kind of like, whoa, okay, I think that was like the presence of God or or not. Like I'm not, we don't have yeah. to just say it because we want to. Yeah, I think like I would start off by saying that anytime someone mentions revival, my guards go up just because it's a, it's a throw around term, right? Like we, in the Christian circle, that's something that's used for events similar to what happened at Asbury and is constantly thrown around as like, we're just looking for revival. We're just, yeah. And I would, we'll define like revivalism Yeah, is what, so, so my guards go up, but that being said, like I've been, um, the church here, the MB used to host worship nights. Um, and there are times where, yeah, I, I personally tangibly felt the the Holy Spirit moving and stuff, and I was moved into a place of worship, right? In the sense of, you know, recognizing the what the gospel is and what Jesus has done for me, and yep. then in turn praising God for that and praising God for who He is. Yeah. And I know that people around me were were also moved to do that, but I wouldn't have gone and said, "Oh, it's a revival of the body." It it just it was a worship session. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those lasted, I, if I remember correctly, they hours. lasted a couple yep. hours at least. Yep. 
Um, and it was just worshiping and being reminded of the gospel. Uh, there's also times when I was younger where maybe, maybe more questionable stuff at like YC events where you have a whole weekend where you're coming together and having moments where you're singing worship songs with 20,000 people in the Rexall place. And like, it's a great experience, but again, I don't know that I would have called it revival. And, and there are times where in my heart, I believe that God convicted me of sin and, and mm-hmm. moved me. But, um, yeah, for actual revival, I don't know that I would say like, I don't know. I wasn't around when Billy Graham was around and they did the Billy Graham crusades and apparently mm-hmm. revival happened and stuff. I, I feel like in my experience, it's a term that, uh, is a little bit older, but that there's like a certain sect of Christianity now that is focused on that, if that makes sense. Did you, how about you? Any, ex- any experiences <clears throat> or nothing I haven't said before, just in the sense of, um, the traveling preacher model, um, being one that, you know, the RV outside the church and the rural communities and in our nation, you know, with the white suit pastor calling on spiritual revival this weekend, you know, predicting it actually like, you know, on, you know, the, the first weekend in June, we are going to have revival. It's like, whoa, that is pretty neat that you can schedule that. But I think <laughs> that the, uh, the difference was that, so Corlin, you're right. Like the gathering of people and what happens in worship is so miraculous that um, the spirit does move in those settings. But when we look at revival in its definition throughout history, we see more of, um, you know, more of it being born out of like division or protest. Like I guess the Protestant Reformation would be one of the, the more recent examples, which is funny because it's still hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yeah. But that being like almost like a call to repentance or or a realization for the the people of God at that time like we need to pivot yeah we we need to refocus recalibrate because we've maybe missed the mark or maybe we've had it a little wrong and then there's this revitalization of the faith and this mm-hmm. this encouragement this doubling down on, on their doctrine yeah. which then causes what they identified as revival cuz I think what you're describing, Corlin, in that like that youth event or that that event that we've all probably been a part of is actually just a natural response yeah. to worshiping God. Sure. In that we have this emotion, and yep. we've felt it in rooms of five people, and we've felt it in stadiums, we've felt yep. it at music festivals. Yep. Has it been a call to repentance and a turning from one way or a re? Yep defining doctrine and, and, and truly experiencing revival in a sense of a pivot in your spiritual faith? I don't think so. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, when I hear the word revival, the first thing I think of is the Simpsons episode where Bart becomes a, an evangelist and he has a tent revival in his backyard. He's like, Satan, eat my shorts. And then they're singing, testify, testify. So I know that's uh, like uh, obviously a spoof. Um, I think we actually... Um, when I, when I hear the word revival, uh, and I'm going to get into a definition that I really like, um, but I think what we're all describing is actually revivalism, which is like the, uh, so, you know, uh, Bethel, for example, like their mission, if you hear Bill Johnson talk, is that we want to have, we are, we are chasing after sustained revival. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's their whole thing. And I think many times today, if you hear the word revival, you automatically picture the things that you guys have said, right? The, we're going to have the, the tent right in the field mm-hmm. and come to the special revival. And, uh, 
you know, there's going to be crazy manifestations of the spirit and blah, blah, blah. I think I think that's actually not the definition of revival. I think we in North America maybe have because even if you even if you read about the Great Awakenings, which was Jonathan Edwards in America hundreds of years ago. When you read about what they did and what they like, he the the famous sermon from that revival, the Great Awakening, it was entitled "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." That's what Jonathan Edwards preached. So it wasn't like testify, right. testify, right? It wasn't the kitschy like yeah. What we have is a revival. Like he preached about the wrath of God against sin. And uh, there's re- you can read reports. It's interesting. It said that like people were actually like weeping and wailing over their sins, saying like I need Jesus. And there's reports of one guy like ho- uh, holding on to the pew because he felt like he was gonna like fall into hell, and and he he just was crying out to God to forgive him. Mm-hmm. And then this amazing awakening happened as the gospel was preached. And it's funny when you read uh, Jonathan Edwards' accounts of it. He says that then crazy little offshoots popped up and people were like, Oh, we can now cast out demons. And he was just kind of like, okay, it's inevitable when something of God happens, like craziness comes with it. And he had to try and like shut stuff down and, and manage it. Right. But it was very preaching and gospel centered. Like we're going to preach the word and the Holy spirit is going to do his thing. So um, there's a great book called center church by Tim Keller. And he writes about revival. He actually calls it gospel renewal. That's how he defines revival. But I actually really like his definition of revival because I think it's more accurate than like, we're going to have a tent meeting and we're going to worship for Mm -hmm. 200 hours straight or whatever. Like not, okay, that is what it is. But he says, um, corporate gospel renewal which has sometimes been called revival, is a season in which a whole body of believers experience personal gospel renewal together. So he says gospel renewal means the gospel doctrines of sin and grace are actually experienced, not just known intellectually. It's like when the gospel, you actually experience it in your heart. It's not, you don't just think about it. So he says revival is when an entire body of believers experience gospel renewal together. And he says revival can be widespread, affecting a whole region or a country, or it can be more narrow in scope, influencing just one congregation or even just a part of a congregation. It can be fairly gentle, quiet, or rather sensational. But all revivals are seasons. This is the part I like. All revivals are seasons in which the ordinary operations of the Holy Spirit are intensified. In revival, the ordinary means of grace produce a great wave of newly awakened inquirers, soundly converted sinners, and spiritually renewed believers. The church growth that inevitably results can't be accounted for any uh, demographical, sociological shifts or efficient outreach programs. So I like that he just says revival is when the or- what the Holy Spirit ordinarily does is just kind of intensified yeah. and people experience the gospel. They hear about their sinners and Jesus has saved them by his grace and that becomes real to them. And he says like a section of a church can experience revival or an entire church or a city like, uh, and I think that is more what the great awakenings were like. Like Jonathan Edwards stood up and he preached the gospel. You're a sinner. You need Jesus. 
And thousands upon thousands of people responded going, yeah, he's right. I need Jesus. But, but because of the Holy Spirit, not because of Jonathan Edwards. No, and I think that the, the Holy Spirit <clears throat> always does that. Yeah. Like we pray every Sunday when I preach, God, would you like save people today? And we've had it happen when it's yeah. like an individual heard the gospel and I believe. And you go, sweet, mm. you just re you just experienced revival yeah. in your own personal life. Yeah. Like, I don't know, thoughts about that or. I think I think we like the big flashy, for lack of a better word, sexy nature of like the news article revivals where it's like, sure, wow, this has been going on. And I, th I think we like to look at that. Uh, I am reading through Acts right now, and, and one of the passages in there is Simon the Sorcerer, right, where yeah. you see uh, the they're preaching the gospel and the people that have been following Simon hear about jesus and what he did and they end up believing simon himself ends up believing yeah but then he's following or following uh philip everywhere because he's astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw yeah right and at the end of the day they're like no like that's not yeah not the point i'm paraphrasing very loosely but the idea that people uh acts of the holy spirit no matter how genuine so even if that first initial chapel session was genuine and those students were genuinely worshiping it's inevitable that people are going to be drawn to that, that aren't, yeah. don't have the best intentions. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, to say that there's a formula for revival, to say that it's specific, like we like the big and flashy, we're drawn to the big and flashy. Yeah, right? totally. Why do you think we watch the Super Bowl? Why do you think we watch uh, X games? Why do you think like anything big? Yeah. We like it. <clears throat> uh, we're inspired by glory. We, we want to give things glory. And so when, Hopefully, as followers of Jesus, we want to give God glory. Yep. Uh, but yeah, of course, when there's a huge crowd, it's going to draw a bigger crowd yet. Sure. So are, are there revivals in Scripture that you That's a good question. would identify or that you would, um, you know, a story like, so you mentioned reference to signs and wonders, but would either of you land on this biblical passage or, or narrative being um, an early uh definition of revival yeah i think there's a couple uh the one in the old testament that i think of is when oh david no there was no holy spirit in the whole time yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry the holy sorry. spirit only came later that's right sorry so that is not a, a facetious comment though there are folks who oh totally are not yeah mindful that so i'm still going to use my example <laughs> <laughs> so when josiah was king so this is second kings 22 and 23 I would call that a revival because the nation of Israel was living in just terrible sin. And Josiah is this young king. I think he was eight years old when he became king. And then Hilkiah, the high priest, finds the book of the law. So they find the Old Testament. And... It's just amazing to, to me that like, how did, what is it just put on a shelf somewhere and they just forgot about like, here's how God wants us to live. But they found the scriptures and they read the scriptures and then they said, oh my goodness, we, this is again, my paraphrase, uh, passion translation. Oh my goodness, we are living completely contrary to what, how God wants us to live. Yeah. So they repented. They, Josiah tears down all of their altars, all of their false gods destroys them he they like publicly gather they gather all of the the people he restores the passover 
he's like, we're going to follow God again. Now, it is different, right? Because it's under the old covenant. Not but only I that, see, they're reading their salvation narrative as the exodus from Egypt. So yeah, actually yeah. it's... And they're going, we are not following God. And yeah. so they all... And the whole nation, right? And so you could go, were there people who were just going along? Yeah, probably. But Josiah is like cut to the heart and he goes, we have to fix this. And so they yeah. worship God. They celebrate Passover. So that's one that I would go, I think that's a revival of mm. people's hearts. Um, Acts 2 Right. The Holy Spirit comes and Peter preaches and 3000 people are saved and baptized in one day. I would call that uh, a revival. The gospels preached. People respond. Um, even the one that you were quoting, I think it's the same one. When at, they burned all their uh, books that had to do with sorcery and magic. And uh, I think it's the same passage in Acts. Uh, but they heard the gospel and then it's like the way that I'm living is not right. I have mm. to, I have to fix this. Yeah. And so they, and I, I think it even lists how expensive it was. I can't remember. Um, which one is the Simon, the sorcerer passage oh, I, X. I just got out of that tab. Uh, let me look it up. The sons of Skiva. There's so many cool names in here. Um, anyways, um, I think the weight of that. Revival. Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Acts 19. It says, also, passage. many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. So there's confession, right, mm -hmm. of sin, repentance. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them. And they counted the value of them and found it. It came to 50,000 pieces of silver. And the word of God increased and prevailed mightily. Mm -hmm. So you see, like, the gospel is preached. People respond. And then it's like, my life is not right. I have to get right with God. And so then this tangible, I'm dabbling in witchcraft and sorcery i gotta get rid of this mm. and at extreme personal cost fifty thousand pieces of of scripture and so in my scripture what silver I, silver sorry fifty thousand pieces of silver and in my little notes it says you know they did the math that's six million dollars in today's currency like that's a massive hit financially to be like i gotta make things right right yeah not I don't only know, that, other examples that you not think? only that I, I i like that reference better because um in Acts, not only did it have a financial cost, but it also meant you would probably be killed. I mean, under yeah. Roman oppression, they deified their leadership. So to, to explicitly say you're following after God through Jesus Christ, you're denying even your, your government, you're denying the oppression. Like you're, you're standing, you're really putting yourself on an island at those times of saying, I believe in the one true God. And, and yeah. by that confession, <laughs> open yourselves up to incredible persecution considering even when acts was written and, and the war against the jews so i think there's such a weight that's quite beautiful there and i even like the old testament uh passages better uh just because we review i think we view revival as this like spiritual outpouring of the holy spirit that's almost luxurious in a sense of like i am going to feel so good and be so filled but then what happens after that energy? And, and I'm a little conflicted with uh, revivals that seem to have a repetitive nature. Maybe in one location, I'm further challenged by the idea of this university scheduling and canceling, uh, you know, putting an end on that. Like it actually conflicts with the idea of like, wow, the, the spirit is moving. But it's only moving until Monday evening, and then we're going to move on with it, right? Like, they'll have to ask the Holy Spirit to leave. Yeah. Or the fact that this university, this is not their first event either, so there's... Yeah. That's curious in the sense of we've just defined revival as, you know, this call to repentance or this 
this shifting or this uh, idea of pivoting from a way to to further pursue God because I'm not sure if Tim Keller's definition fits what what we're seeing mm-hmm. maybe in a sense of wor- corporate worship but I don't know about corporate like conviction through gospel sharing of the message because what I was able to see online, it looked more like spectator worship where there were there was worship happening and then fields and parking lots of individuals and camping chairs waiting for what I would call some stirring. And I was reminded of, um, you well, know, even just waiting to get into the building instead of worshiping like there. for your turn or something. Yeah. So not only did the revival happen in that auditorium, it was only that auditorium and maybe not into the parking lot because yeah, there wasn't worship happening in those crowds outside. So that was actually quite hmm. interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think um, something that I'm always reminded of when topics like this come up is it like uh, different branches of Christianity use words slightly differently. There might be similar meanings to them, similar or similarities, but they, they will use them quite differently. Sure. Um, so something to consider uh, when you're hearing the, the words like revival being uh, posted online and whatnot from uh, people who have gone to these things. Uh, Asbury is a college that uh, leans heavily towards Wesleyan theology. Yep. Um, so that's just something to consider. I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong, but it is something to consider. Different different denominations, different sects, different offshoots of Christianity will use language slightly differently. So yeah. I, think, I think from what we're saying in our understanding of what revival is we wouldn't necessarily say what happened at asbury is for sure 100 percent revival um but yeah so it's interesting like i i'm glad you brought up the idea of definitions because like i've watched some i'm like one i just don't have time to sit and watch a live stream there's seven hour long live yeah so i've watched clips and i've watched people's uh reports of like I went and this is what I experienced I'm like okay interesting and it's just fascinating hearing conflicting reports of what's going on uh that's and that is that's just human nature yep. like cuz we just share this is my perspective yes the gospel was preached and then I hear someone who went and was like I actually there's a YouTube guy that I follow and he watched 18 hours of the live stream Whew. and he said in 18 hours I did not hear the gospel preached once. Is he in once. a paid position? Was yeah, it? it's his that's yeah. <laughs> but he <laughs> said it's just interesting, right? He says I watched 18 hours of this live stream and not once did someone get up and preach the gospel. And yet you have people who go yeah, there's uh, everyone's preaching the gospel and so you go okay, well one we have to define what is the gospel. Because I think uh, we've talked about this, Corland. Yeah. I wonder how many Christians really, if you were to ask them, okay, what's the gospel? If they could define it. I think lots of people would say, well, the gospel is God loves you. Yeah. So were there people who got up on stage at this thing saying, hey, guy, I just want you to know God loves you. Mm-hmm. Hey, the gospel was preached. Yeah. Um, what is repentance? Because yeah. I heard another people and, and lots of people who went said, oh, man, everyone is repenting of sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what what do you mean when you say yeah. that? Because my view of repentance is and confessing sin is that you are confessing your sinfulness, right? I am living in a way that is contrary to what you want, Jesus. And repenting is saying, I am turning from it and I am changing my mind about it and I'm turning back to you. Mm-hmm. 
but is that how they've defined well, repentance? Well, I got a, a like, really great example of that because you mentioned, um, so interesting, this college being birthed out of like a Wesleyan revival, which was like the third great awakening. But of that revival, I'm not sure if you realize, the Salvation Army was birthed. Mm. So William and Catherine Booth in London in the late 1800s actually had that same experience that you just identified saying they were a part of the London church. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is crazy. Um, the majority of a population can't come here. They're not welcome. They're not able to enter our church. They're not able to worship. So the the Salvation Army was birthed on the streets going back to the people saying, actually, you're not going to dress up for church. And that's kind of the origins of how they actually got rid of sacraments because they were so sick of the church being like so official in the way that they publicly mm. display their Christianity where it was like we're missing an entire vulnerable and marginalized population. So that's where that church, the Salvation Army, was birthed out of that third awakening from a Wesleyan mission. So... It's interesting to then think, okay, there are these church streams, so Asbury being one of them. Their origins are birthed in revival, so I wonder if there's this natural tendency to say, well, we have to go back to our roots, or it's a part of our DNA that revival's there, where you might see another church stream that didn't, saying, well, why aren't we having revival? Maybe it's not in your DNA as a... (laughs) And so there's something natural that says, well, we have to recreate our origins in that way because look what happened then yeah and i'm not sure if that's the purpose yeah i think with different streams of christianity like what we're all talking about here using words differently i think sometimes it comes down to that people just use it for different types of things like i think from what i've seen in this i would maybe say that it started out as an extended worship time of worship um and then moved into a, a larger event and i like you said there's conflicting messages about what happened um and so i i personally really do think that when it comes to like do we all need to call this revival do we all need to i i don't know that we do just because if we're looking for what revival actually is which is the preaching of the gospel and repentance that leads to more preaching of the gospel and more repentance um all of the clips and the live streams that i've personally seen are of times of just worship and not which is not wrong no it's not wrong to have an extended time of worship i actually think i i would actually say that churches should maybe do that more often where we say okay we're going to a lot like an actual extended amount of time where your focus should be yahweh not not the things of this life not the things of this world totally let's let's hear the gospel over and over again and let's praise god for what he's done yeah um but I, I wouldn't classify that as revival, mm-hmm. even if the spirit stirs in people's life yeah. for them to have repentance and turn to Yahweh. I would I would say that that's what Christianity is, right? Do so it, even yeah. in the early church when the gospel's preached and there's crazy numbers of people saved, one pers- a person could say that that's revival. I would say that's just mass conversion. Praise God, right? Let's continue to preach the gospel. I, I, and this some of this, to be fair, is probably coming from my own personal sure concept of this uh i know that for me i'm always skeptical specifically with the wording of revival it's not that i don't believe that god can work it's not that i don't believe that there can be like you said extra uh like the spirit the holy spirit has like an extra long day at work kind of thing like (laughs) you know he's doing what he already does but now he's working 16 hours instead of eight so um you know it's challenging though tatiana and i were driving and we're talking about this and we both remember and we both acknowledge that when we've been to, whether it's festivals or conventions or mass um, events, we've felt more 
we've we've actually been more um free maybe in our expression of worship and i think at one point she said i wonder why that is i'm like because no one's around that you know and so there's actually a very human element to corporate worship and then an added layer of we know we're going to it we know what's going to happen um people we don't know like so if we were to drive to edmonton right now to the rogers arena to watch a band a worship set we would maybe do things we wouldn't do here at church on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, why is that? Same God, same Holy Spirit, same attitude of worship should be. What's the difference? And yeah. setting an environment has so much to do with that. Yeah. And we can't forego that thought when we see corporate worship yeah. and then add on all these labels. The true test, I think, will be in three, four, five years of totally. like, what impact did that revival have? Yeah. What repentance shift or change in theology or doctrine or rewriting or pivoting did Asbury College do in response to the Holy Spirit acknowledging to them that you needed to be refreshed because why? It's not just for fun. It's actually in a response throughout history to maybe a dryness or a, or a, yeah, if, like, or a distraction. Go- if gospel renewal is actually taking place, like if people, if like um, dry and you know spiritually lacking Christians are being renewed and going, man, the gospel <laughs> is real, and I, you know, their hunger for God is being, re- and if lost people are being saved, you're right. Like, if it's actually gospel renewal, then you will see like tangible fruit come out of it. And it's hard to like judge it early on. Right. I heard one guy say like, we'll see, like are all the strip clubs going to close in this town because no one wants to go do that anymore because the spirits changed their lives. That praise God. If that happens, that would be amazing. And if divorce rates plummet and like whatever, right. I think there's tangible things that you can look to. And that's, that's what happened. Um, with the great awakening. And that's what happened, you know, as Charles Spurgeon preached in London, like the cities actually like changed for the better as people Mm -hmm. were actually, their hearts were changed by the gospel. So, um, see, I have no issue like calling things revivals. I just think we have our view of revival is just a really big event that happened. And I don't think that's necessarily, uh, uh, classified as a revival i think we could say like that's an amazing worship event awesome like i don't think that it shouldn't have happened it's great yeah but i think revival is when you see the gospel actually change people's hearts and change families and change marriages and change yeah and i like that you say it's a lot maybe less sexy right then then we give it credit Mm because it's like it's not the big flashy thing a lot of times it's just like Okay, yeah, the Holy Spirit changes people's lives and sometimes it's a whole church that like yeah, we love the gospel and we're being convicted and changed and then that uh, it will naturally spread to your neighborhoods so and your cities and maybe a, a really practical example a few years ago um like quite a f- well, not quite a few, I don't know, 4 or 5 years ago, uh when I first decided to follow God again and by that I mean like when God graciously uh called me back I, uh, there was a time in my life where there was a a man that came up to me and he started sharing his struggles, uh, with addiction to, to pornography and stuff like that. And then I remember he turned to me and was like, so how are you doing in that area of your life? And 
that moment was a, a pivotal one. But then later on, uh, there was a whole group of us uh, as friends that went through this process of recognizing our sin and having the gospel preached to us over and over and over again. And and a group of us was yeah. turning. So, yeah, by definition, the Holy so. Spirit did something amazing. That young adult group that you were a part of for <clears throat> a couple of years. And I mean, I came once to the... And it was amazing. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of group of young adults would be like, we want to just be together, praying together, studying God's word. Um, I like that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I think there was some kind of like reviving going on in your guys' hearts. Yeah. And do you still meet weekly with all those people? No. And you don't have to like yeah. God did his but, thing. And, but if you talk to ev- pretty much every single one of those individuals, there is lasting change that happened totally. because of that. Yep. It's, um, so even Trevin wax, uh, posted an article uh the title if you're curious and want to read it is the burning question from asbury isn't about asbury um and he quotes timothy Tennant, uh who is the asbury theological seminary president Hmm. uh and so timothy Tennant hesitates to call this revival he writes uh only if we see lasting transformation which shakes the comfortable foundations of the church and truly brings us all to a new and deeper place we can look back in hindsight and say yes this has been revival sure uh so again that's i i think christians are either really really ready to like 100% endorse something as soon as they see the word revival or we are incredibly skeptical and are like nope this is from hell because it's not from a church that I trust and it's like (laughs) well like yeah yeah yeah. I I think that you know especially if you're not attending there like if there isn't massively huge red flags and I don't know all the details about Asbury so maybe listening you know more details than even I do or we do um, but I think that that is the key is that like we've been saying here, time will tell Yeah. if they are changed, if, if Asbury seminary or theological seminary is changed, if the students yeah. there live changed lives, if the people who have attended change, live changed lives from mm-hmm. here on out, then praise God. Yeah. So a question, cause I'm curious if this revival happened in Grand Prairie, would you go? And why? And if uh, your favorite worship band was doing a concert in Grand Prairie where you could buy a ticket for 45 bucks and go and enjoy that, <laughs> would you go and why? And what would be the difference? Yeah, that's a really good so question. So I'd go to the free event. I got Mennonite blood running through my veins. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. But free night out with the missus. Because <laughs> the reason I thought of that question is that where would the geographical lines end for revival? Because these reports yeah. of people driving 15 hours and whatever they left or dropped to go and do that, I struggle with that idea of even if it was revival and we'll see change, like for all those who couldn't get there or who didn't know fast enough or couldn't drive that way. or Yeah, I... I uh, like, what if it broke out? Grand Prairie Church is having revival, endless service now. Would you pack up and go? I don't know that I would feel the need to. I'd maybe I'd be curious, especially because Grand Prairie, if you're listening and you're not in our location, is a couple hours away from us. So it's not like it's like a for for me and my ability. It's not a crazy outstanding thing to drive a couple hours uh, for an evening of worship, regardless of if I'm paying or if it's free. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I I don't know that I'd feel the need to. I think like. Well, like my definition of revival which i agree with tim keller's right it's a group of people or a region 
or a church recovering the gospel and being renewed by the gospel, I'm like, I, then if, if God's going to spread it to here, so be it. I, I don't feel like I would have a need to, cause then it, it, then it just, it borders on the like spectacle. I just gotta go see what's happening. Cause we just defined revival as being something for that. Yeah. Yeah. So So yeah, let's say Grand Prairie Alliance all of a sudden is like, we're having revival here. I think I would, I would pray and go, man, Lord, like do something there. That's amazing. Yeah. But I think part of the things is that we, we have this, like, I don't want to miss out on it. Sure. Right. What do they call that? The FOMO fear, fear of missing out. And if something amazing has happened over there, I got to go be a part of it. And all our staff and board should go too, so that we can bring a piece back. Yeah. But so I'll tell you, like when I was in Maple Ridge, uh, village church, uh, you know, was in Surrey and now they have, and I, I would call that a revival because lost people were getting saved mm-hmm. the gospel and their church was growing and i remember i remember the executive pastor and some of the elders being like what are they doing so that we can duplicate it here and i remember telling them like guys you you cannot you can't force the spirit's hand yeah like we got the same songs we got a dynamic preacher and why isn't revival happening here or there because you can't you don't control the spirit right Mm -hmm. you can't just say like we've got the ingredients and now the spirit must do what we say we should just praise god surrey is experiencing something praise god and just pray that god would you do the same thing here Mm -hmm. so I don't think I would feel the need to, I got to go drive and see what's over there. Cause I would just go, I'm, I live here and I'm going to pray that it happens here. And that would be amazing. Like now if like, you know, the Foo Fighters came to Grand Prairie, then, yeah, I would go and see them. <laughs> They're a worship band. Uh, well, yes. Yes. Just it depends on who you're worshiping. <laughs> so I, I think there is this, that's why I'm always like, there's the spectacle that it can become where it's like, I just want to, I just got to go and I got to experience it. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. There's something that draws you, but like, I'm not going to drive to Kentucky to go experience revival because that's for them. And if the Lord wills it to spread across and up to us, praise God, let's be mm-hmm. ready for it when it comes here. Like, yeah. I don't know. Would you drive? No, no. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've not gone in our own city <laughs> to other uh, events that have been uh, labeled similarly. Um, no, I believe in corporate worship. I think that there is something spectacular that happens um, when there is the gathering of saints. And it's like I've gone to Creation Fest for years in a row when yeah, I lived in right. the Lower Mainland. Uh, a massive festival in uh, in Washington. 20,000 people, you yeah. know, hung out with Dave Crowder backstage. That was pretty cool. I was volunteering because at that time he was a pretty big thing. But I never, I never once thought like, oh, this is revival. I thought like, isn't it amazing to worship God in a sea of people? Yeah. 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 And it always will be no matter where you go and when you go. Any, any time you have the opportunity to genuinely engage in that giver. Um, so I would go and pay the money to get a wristband to go and listen to a lot of Christian worship bands, knowing I'm going to, by God's grace, experience freedom in my own life solely by God's grace in that I have that reaction when I'm yeah. involved in corporate worship. Yeah. And, 
it's a mystery as to how we can give to God and still feel so fulfilled through worship. But if your heart is set on truly wanting to be in the presence of God in that way, then it's just a miracle that happens where we feel we left, we leave feeling full when we've poured out Uh, and truly we should be pouring out our sin through confession during the worship and then be left of course with the fullness of God's forgiveness and grace as we then use that to motivate our time. Yeah. So I don't doubt that to kind of like wrap things up. I don't doubt that what, happened and is happening in Asbury um, I don't think it's a counterfeit I don't think it's like demonic avoid it I don't I okay yeah it seems like the spirit of God was doing something and praise God but it's we just so quickly just throw labels on it yeah. um, when I I would more I would I would classify it as isn't it amazing that people worshiped God for two weeks straight that's awesome yeah um, to call it a revival is like we're just assuming that, I don't know. It's like we want to like franchise it and then yeah. like it has to spread now because it's revival. And what if it dies out? I th- If you call it a revival and then if it dies out, you go, oh, what did we do wrong? Well, nothing. Just enjoy that God's presence showed up and you got to worship him and experience things and repent of sin. And that's great. But um yeah, I think what you said, Corlin, like we'll tell and what the president of the seminary said, like, or what you said, one of you, uh, you know, in three, five years, we'll know here's the lasting fruit from this. Man, that's amazing. Praise God. But at the danger of when we label, it's like then when the next college has a, a worship night that lasts a little longer, those same people are going to drive to that same college because then it becomes like revivalism. I'm just chasing I- the next thing and that's we see that in our town uh covid kind of put a stop to it praise god um but uh <laughs> but it is it's the next oh <gasps> prophet so and so's coming to town and then it's all the same people and Andrew just praise god for a global pandemic yeah and uh <laughs> but it's all the same people yeah. who go to the same event we experience revival and then they go back to their regular lives and they go oh and then <gasps> apostle so and so's coming to town and he's going to heal you and that all the same people go that's revivalism that's just yeah. being obsessed with the feelings of it yeah i was yep um which that's my worry is that now you know oh the the next college in indiana is having a revival now we're all going to go there yeah it's like just let it be what it is and I it, know, yeah, enrollment will spike at this university but i think it should like decline cuz i'd be afraid of like Sodom and Gomorrah actually like how many revivals do you need before you realize like, <laughs> how, the fact that there's been several is concerning like yeah. they don't listen at Asbury <laughs> <laughs> don't enroll uh, if there's an asteroid the size of Texas is hitting Asbury <laughs> unless oh, there man. unless there is change that's lasting because yeah yeah I don't know sorry this has gone too long but I've not uh, looked at the pattern of revival even through some of the ones that have made wikipedia to say you know the 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 great awakenings there were several but i don't recall them being in one geographical area which is quite interesting so repeat awakenings or revivals in the same location at the same address is probably unusual and i think yeah we you know depending on your definition of revival we should all pray for it god i want the gospel to like renew people's hearts and mm-hmm. to draw us closer to you. And, totally. Yeah. And to pray that that would affect more than just the people that attend church on Sundays, oh, but like yeah. that, that would spread our out into town. your community. Man, I would love our neighbors to come <clears throat> to know Jesus. And 
and our town to be changed because mm-hmm. of the gospel. Like, yeah, of course we, we're not anti-revival. It's just the revivalism is what worries me. It's just, yeah. when's the next big event? When are we going? Like, cause I see it in our own town. It's like the same group of people go to the same revivals and it's just kind of like, yeah. or, or that I, I've, I've heard it from lots of people that it's like, man, revival's just around the corner. God told sure. me. And if we do the right things, then the Holy Spirit has to come. And I've heard that for 10 years. Revival is just around the corner. I'm like, well, it's been longer than 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is what worries me. It's just this chasing of that experience when I think I've seen revival in our own church as life groups, like go deeper in their walk with Jesus or even individuals, the gospel changes their hearts. You go, praise God, please let there be more of that. Jesus. Right. And if all of a sudden we had a Sunday service and there was 15 people who were like, can we just stay and worship and pray? I'd be like, yes, praise God. And <coughs> you just roll with it, right? Yeah. But then it becomes when it's like, we're going to schedule certain events. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, you can't. You're trying to force the Spirit's hand. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. you you brought up something really good that I would like to quickly oh, mention. Um, as, go to work. As my final words in this uh you mentioned people chasing it because of the feelings that are associated with that so i i just wanted to address if anyone's listening and you're um you are wrestling through like yeah but i've been to stuff like this and it felt amazing and i i just like i just can't see how god wouldn't do that kind of thing i i'd want to encourage you to to remember that this if what you experienced was revival, if what you experienced was the Holy Spirit moving in a great way, that same Holy Spirit lives within you then. If you have yeah, totally. con- if you have confessed that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that same Holy Spirit lives in you now. Um, so to share personally, when I when that group of guys, that group of men came with me on that journey of, of uh, seeking to, to step into the journey of freedom from pornography and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the emotions ran rampant. Like they, it was like every Sunday I was in tears because of what God had done for me and because of what I've done and and all Mm. these things. Like it was, it was highly emotional. And I remember when, when some of those things started to calm down and I started to have victory from sin and those emotions weren't there, it felt like, Oh, I need that again. Yeah, totally. Um, and it was really hard to recognize that as like, I was actually, I actually really struggled to not then seek the emotional high, uh, and would try and seek that experience at church and try and duplicate like, okay, well I used to stand and worship like this. Right. And it was really hard not yeah, to do that. Totally. Um, but over time, I think the thing that has comforted me in this, um, and made it so that I don't feel necessarily the need to do that anymore is, um, recognizing that that same Holy spirit that changed me then lives in me now. Um, yeah, I can continue to ask that God would stir up my heart to love him more and that I would continue to change as drastically as I did then. Yeah. Um, but to also recognize that God is faithful and will continue to do the good work that he started in you and not to necessarily have to try and force the spirit's hand in that, but to be willing and ready and, and do what we can to, to follow God in the meantime. Wow. What a great closing. So hopefully that's been helpful, I guess. Um, if you've been wondering like, what is this Asbury thing? Like, or is it real? Is it not? And again, these are just, we're not the be all and end all. Like these are just thoughts of, as I've been kind of watching it and hearing reports and things like that. But 
email Andrew if you'd like to schedule spontaneous worship at the church. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, listen, guys, it's it's after twelve. I'm tired. I <laughs> quiet times at one o'clock. <laughs> quiet times at one o'clock, man. At, at my house, <laughs> that couch is calling me. Um, but uh, yeah, if you do have questions or follow up things, you can always email us. Uh, or if you have topics you want us to talk about, please uh, message us or email us. Uh, and this has been episode one hundred and five. And we'll talk to you next week.